The OAM Network is an independently run podcast and live production company in Memphis, Tennessee. TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Well, friends, we've come to the end of season one of Something to Say, if you can believe it. And for our season finale, so to speak, living within the framework of all the entertainment media, we did want to look back upon our first 10 episodes about what we've been doing, what impact it may have made, impressions it's made upon us, things we've learned, what we've learned about this process of creating product like this. When this began as an idea, first with my conversation with Gil, when was that, man? Like December, January, something like that, or earlier? I can't even recall now. Uh, yeah, I would have to look back on it. It was a while ago. Yeah, and it was definitely, um, yeah, it was definitely kind of, yeah, you hit me up out of the blue and said that you had this idea. And I don't think that we had spoken to each other prior to that since um maybe one time when you came back to um I did a funeral for, for a funeral mm-hmm. um and gosh i mean that had to be like what like 10 years ago years ago yeah about, about that yeah and you know the, the the thing for me was in this season immediately after retirement with the world being what it is, and then kind of in the ways in which I drifted away, I I think folks who know me know that for the for the lion's share of my professional career, and possibly just by the nature of how I'm made, I usually do not go quietly into that good night, and I kind of did. So I felt not that I wanted to jump back up in a pulpit, but that there were still things to to say. And to see Gil after all these years and knowing what he was doing at a distance, knowing a little bit more of his story around how he ended up where he ended up on the other side of Crosstown, that we may or may not keep that in. It's up to you, buddy. That, no, that, that's completely, I'm, and you know what, it, this is even, we're even further removed from it now because as we record this, I am in Southwest Florida. So, um, and you know what? It's interesting. I'm pretty sure that I've, there were a few times when I was inside the building. I was in the uh, concourse building. I had a glassed in little podcast booth. I would, I'm pretty sure I saw you at French Truck a few times, like getting coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, now uh, I went from that building to Exora, which was the shop that my wife and I ran, which is where we started recording something to say and now we've closed that down and we've been doing you know most of our things remote and i'm in southwest florida so yeah i mean uh that was uh yeah i mean that was a a pretty interesting situation that i uh i got in and i mean i don't have like you know at this point i'm i was upset about it for a long time I was really upset. And I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. I was forced out of this spot that I was in, but I mean, there's not a ton I can say because I was, you know, a lucky little boy that got a great deal on one of the hottest spots that I could be in to record 
podcasts and stuff like that. But I, some people didn't think that that is what should have been happening in that spot. And uh, that turned into me getting a retail shop uh, and building a studio, which turned into a pandemic, which turned <laughs> now, into- There's not causation there. That's the moving did not cause the pandemic, but it was a consequence that you had was, to Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, now that has kind of, you know, pushed us to move down to Florida. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy down here. <laughs> Well, knowing some of the characters involved in that and some history with uh, some of them, uh, I was particularly inclined to find you and work with you because I have history with you too. And, you know, for good and bad, it felt like we always kind of got it done. But what I think I remembered asking you when I was just pitching things, I just said, is this a thing? And I felt like if it wasn't, you'd go, yeah, sorry, Johnny, no. But you didn't seem to wince even a little bit. No, and... It was great to talk to you again as we we worked at a church together for a long time and um to hear your story the the journey that you went on and it was really interesting as we hadn't spoken to each other for a long time there were a lot of similarities between what you had yeah. gone through and what I had gone through leading up to being in you know the Exora the the place that I was at after uh I was I was pushed out of the concourse. I too I lost a friend. Uh, recently, I guess at that point, a little recently, well, about a year or so after that, and uh, went through a lot. Uh, I mean, still going through a lot. That's not really something that you. Um, I mean, you can't say that you get over, it, but it's just something that you know is a part of you for the rest of your life. After that, um, learn to live with. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when you kind of explained the idea of what you wanted to do, your friendship with Sky, and um, as someone who's, uh, you know, I have worked with a lot of people in ministry, pastors, and, and that just made, you know, I see that. I see the idea of a person who is, they're, you know, they're, part of their job is caring for other people caring for everyone around them but you know just like you know a mom who takes care of everything at the end of the day who's going to take care of the person who takes care of everything so i i i really a question yeah and a question that still is being answered on the podcast so yeah i thought it was a great idea and i i think that um i've really enjoyed watching how that idea has morphed into the format of the show but yeah i i think that you know i think that would i would i would like to ask both of you what has been you know personally your experience with starting this podcast from the beginning to where you are now do you feel more comfortable do you feel like the the beginning idea has turned into exactly what it is now or has there been things that, it, that have happened that have made you kind of morph that idea of what you originally thought because and you know end up with something better I think that my initial apprehension about what this would be went away about halfway through the first episode it got organic real quick uh, sometimes we knew the direction it was going to go and sometimes it went the direction it was supposed to go. Uh, and we didn't always plan that. 
uh, we had an idea, we had a sketch, but particularly when we were interviewing people or it was Johnny or myself sharing some more of the intimate side of who we are, it was compelling for other people to hear that. And it was probably good for us to share that. It's kind of like when you go to the doctor, you sometimes feel better just because you went, got some reassurance that uh, you're not dreaming this up or there is something that needs attention. So I, I, I got pretty calm with it. Now, I, 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 I'm more of the color man than the lead man in it, but I, I think we have a good synergy. Johnny's really good with words. Uh, and wordsmithing and, and kind of couching and setting everything up for us. But once that gets started, uh, I think the creativity and the uh, sharing just kind of flows. Uh, so uh, it, it it's fun, but I think in some ways it's kind of cathartic, at least for me and uh, probably for Johnny too. A different way to uh, to share what you've got to say rather than the traditional uh, modicums that we grew up with. And, uh, you know, five people might be listening or 5,000, who knows. But uh, if somebody gets something out of it, I mean, that's kind of the way I've looked at what I do anyway. He said, I may not see the fruit of what I do sometimes for years. Uh, but, uh, you know, every once in a while we get a, a comment or somebody gives you a call, you get an email from 20 years, from somebody 20 years back, and you realize, hey, that did make a difference so uh, but this is a totally new medium to do that in at least for me uh and having the opportunity of the people that we've had and hopefully the folks that will continue to talk to uh, kind of give a medium for that so it's less about us and more about all of we uh who uh, labor in this field and those who support those who do yeah i think for me you know, initially I thought I'd do this myself and it became clear very quick. I can't imagine not having another voice uh, to bounce off of, to give feedback to, to contribute to, to help lead. And then it occurred to me after the meetings with, uh, with Gil that if there was some way we could capture some of the spirit of what happens when you and I have conversations together without microphones. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, we've done that. Now, appropriate filters and buffers are in place, I think, for letting that some go more, to some, a little bit, yeah. not totally. Some I, sense of decor. I understand that there are some people who are pissed off that I cuss. Ask me if I care. So that I mean, that's just the thing. I, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not trying to be intentionally provocative, but just respond in a way that seems authentic to me in a given time. But I think the changes for me, I, I knew, I knew at some level, my agenda was initially for me to have a, a an appropriate vehicle conduit to interpret my last few years. Uh, I'm very aware of being talked about more than being talked to in these last few years. I know that that's true. Some of you may not think I know that that's what's happening, but I'm very well aware of that's what's happening. Uh, I don't appreciate that. Feel free to holler anytime. So it gave me. It's the long hair. That's got to be the long hair. That's right. That hippie Johnny. Yeah. Damn hippie. So it at least gave me room to, um, within the bounds of what's appropriately discreet, speak my truth. So there was that. And honestly, Sky, another part of the story for me was I wanted people to know the, the Sky I know, not the performative Sky only when you're in your role. 
as pastor. I understand what that is. I did it too. But I, you know, we go way back and there's some things that make us laugh. And and we had some aspirations initially that we would somehow do a version of Gilbert Gottfried's podcast that ain't something like that That, i I don't i don't see us touching that but no they they uh set the bar they have their own rhythm gilbert and frank central central padre central padre yeah anyway central padre which is to say at least that there is a uh there was no uh governor on the laughter it it was uh often and still is if you listen to that one free-flowing so I got over that pretty quickly. And then when we started talking about different things, it, it was not just that we were talking about ourselves, but we were trying to open a conversation and some of the feedback that I've received. And Sky, I don't really know all the feedback you've received, where there seemed to be some appreciation that two of us, one still working in it and one who isn't, but is close enough to it to speak with some level of awareness and familiarity is saying some things out loud that maybe just needed to be said. I heard from a uh, late professional and, and uh, his remark was that uh, I realized that it was a help profession, but I did not realize how in depth of a help profession it was. Mm-hmm. And you guys have helped me see that. That was a comment that I got wow. from a professional Who's who's involved in the church? Uh, not my church, but involved in the church, and 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 like all of us, I think we all take things and people and and what they do for granted, and we sometimes, as much as we want to say, or this is my mantra: the role is not my soul. Sometimes I'm not real good about that, where other people and their roles are consult are concerned, and I forget that person is more than their role too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my own, you know, uh, selfishness and uh, short-sightedness on my part. So much so that when I go to my doctor now, sometimes I, I ask them, how are you doing? Which sometimes leads to a good conversation. Sometimes it's just polite. But, uh, you know, doctor takes good care of me, but doctor is still a human being. So, right. you know, I, I, I think that that's one thing. Uh, that's one comment I've heard from somebody who's not clergy. Uh, the ones that I heard who are clergy uh, are are thankful that we're saying these things and that we have the uh, maturity, I guess, and maybe the uh, wherewithal to, to say them out loud, to enunciate them, and maybe go into some depth about them. So, uh, you know, if it's if it's educational for the body, so be it. I think that's a good thing. And if we're able to do that, uh, I think that's a good thing too. So I think the candor actually uh, is a necessary component of it. I think that's right. And for me, Gil, with you, you know, this, this season of 10 episodes has been one of pretty dramatic transition for you uh, in many ways. So to be able to stay connected and get it done, I think we did two episodes without you. And if you go back and listen to them, you can tell which ones they are. Yeah. There were two nuts loose behind the microphone. Um, but the, you know, I'm loyal to my people, man. You're my guy. So I'm, I'm great. Producers are more than their role too. That's right. That's right. Which leads me to ask you as producer, since you've dropped a question on us, what do we need to be doing differently and or better? 
you know, uh, like I said, uh, I think, I think that you've done great. I think that you have done a really good job of, um, you know, I like the, the, what you said about asking the doctor how he was doing. I think that you have kind of opened that door up, uh, where, you know, you have kind of, as being the caretaker, has opened that idea that, yeah, you should, you know, be asking the people that take care of you how they're doing because maybe nobody is. I think that you've been pretty open, both of you, about, uh, about your lives and the things that you've gone through. And I think that that's really, as a, uh, a podcaster, you know, it's, uh, it's really your your you know the your your biggest want at, of uh, a host is you know personality like showing who you are. I mean, there's no better sell or pitch or advertisement for your show than you. Then you know, I mean, that's why people listen to podcasts. You know, it doesn't matter who's on because you're getting the hosts at their best every week. So I think that, you know, continuing to do that, continuing to be open and honest, um, and just, you know, each and every episode revealing more and more of your personality. I think that's, you know, the best way to grow your, your podcast. And, uh, and I mean, again, that goes into how your podcast morphs and becomes more and more, uh, bigger than what it was when you started. Do you experience, since you produce multiple or have produced multiple podcasts, that that's a typical thing that people come in with concept, but then need and or discover over a period of episodes, they land in a rhythm that seems to fit the moment. I don't want any rhythm to become a rut, so I want to be aware of that as well. But I assume that what we've evolved into over these 10 episodes, while different for different subject matter, it's, it's pretty common. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, there's always like a couple of different types of people that will come in and want to do a podcast. Um, there's always going to be the friends that want to come in and just, you know, dish on what's going on in the world. Those are not, there's usually ones that don't really last long. And then there are some that, you know, they want to mold episodes and they want to, they want to tackle subjects and topics each episodes. And those are the ones that usually last longer. And um, because, you know, as opposed to just coming in and sitting down and riffing, which is a big part about doing a podcast because a podcast is so conversational, they are, you know, they're tackling stuff, they're molding their show. Um, episode by episode by, you know, discussing something new. So, um, so yeah, I think that, um, like I said, there, there, there's always just different types of people that come in that want to do a show. Did that answer your question? I think I just went off on a tangent. I'm so sorry. It's okay. And uh, I've also claimed a pretty good role of editor, so I can make you sound really good. If you have, good. you have done very, and you're also one of the easiest podcasts to edit. As you know, some of the shows will come in and give me, you know, fifty lines of time code to cut out. Johnny goes in there and cuts it all out for me. All I got to do is mix and master it and put the 
put everything else on there. So here's the thing, man. That's because Johnny's the man. No, I've learned, uh, and I'm I'm aware in my saying where I'm going to now cut. I know what the waveform for uh looks like. I do too. Uh, I know what an um looks like. You know what an um looks like. I know what an um looks like. Now the problem uh, is, yeah. if there's a uh right into another word, you can't. You just got to eat it. But if there's yeah. an uh that's that paused reflection from one thought to the next, I can grab those. I wish I could. I wish we could just put a picture of one up. It's usually. I. I, I wish I. I mean, it just kind of gets big really quick. Bigger and then it trails. Down. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, and usually, you know, I think that that, you know, I don't know if this is interesting for anyone to listen to about podcast editing. I think that I usually go through and make a swipe just to take out, you know, those. But there are a lot where it's like, um, yeah, and then I want like that that you just have to leave in there. But uh, you know, it's a podcast; it's conversational. So I that's mean, a, you don't want it to sound like you're cutting out too much. That's our phrase. It's a podcast. That's it's podcast. podcast. It's a podcast. Scott. Of the ones that we've done, do you have a favorite? I don't know that. I don't know. For me, uh, the ones that stuck out were the ones where you and I really laid all of ourselves kind of out on the table. That might not have been interesting to anybody else, and it might be exactly what they needed to hear. But it was, it was interesting to watch both of us react to each other when we did that. And, you know, not only did it help give some feels for people who wanted to kind of know what was going on during all that time, what's going on with you now and all that sort of thing. But I was quite frankly blown away how real we really were about that. That got far deeper than I thought it would. Especially Uh, since we were in it with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you think you know, but you know, and then you go back and realize that eh, that's what was going on during that. You know, I didn't ask questions, and she might my place, but you know, like Gil says, it's a podcast, so it kind of takes a different, has a life of its own. So it, it I, I don't know, it, I don't know if it's the the, the headphones and microphone or what, but uh, those two episodes for me, other folks may have thought nothing about it, but for me, they uh, they really stuck out. And that those, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm positive that doesn't happen without some pretty serious therapeutic work on my part. But and, yeah, and, and there's and no I'll, one in that that's present in anything else that follows. Well, and and you know, I'm glad you said that. And and I've had spiritual direction, which is not therapy. Uh, it, it it goes from a different tack, but it's still, you know, to to thy to thine self be true. You know, what is it uh, that you gain from not telling the truth about yourself? You don't gain much. So, you know, call it, claim it, and and then do something about it. And I think maybe we modeled a way to do it. Now, obviously, you don't want to just do that in front of anybody. But, you know, at the same time, you and I purpose, or every week, uh, not everybody needs to do that. But you and I are kind of in unique spots in life where – we're empowered to do that, and uh, it would probably be a waste not to take advantage of it. As one who's currently active in your pastorate and dealing with a congregation, have you had any point of feedback or reservation about anything that we've said that 
you thought might come back and bite you or or pushback or pushback? Uh, no, I haven't heard about it. Uh, there may be folks that are saying it, but I've, I've usually been pretty laid it on the line anyway in my ministry. And as I got older, I've just done more so. And, and like I say, I don't do it for shock value as much as I just do it because it's, because it's real and it's, it's, uh, authentic, uh, who I am. Yes. I, I, I toned down my, uh, my colorful metaphor and rhetoric sometimes I do that in the pulpit too. And because sometimes I'm just Why? too crass, yeah, just too crass, you know, and nobody needs that. That's not helpful. That's just, that's hurtful. But sometimes some things need to be said. And when they do, I don't mind saying them. Yeah. As I think across our episodes, I've got the list pulled up. I really enjoy titling these. It's fun. You, yeah. Uh, you've done, and you've done it well too. I think those, yeah. Uh, the, I think you uh, had too much fun doing that. Maybe I did. Yeah, but Adam uh, to the core has got to be the that was darn witty. The uh, the first episode about tattoos. I don't know what all kinds of feedback you've got from that, but I got some. But I do want you guys to know I'm now planning the next. Uh oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I as I'm looking at the episode titles. I mean, what you and I did in telling our own stories at pretty significant points in our lives, being what they are, crossroads about the intersection of politics and religion, which also carried multiple meanings, too, for those with ears to mm -hmm. hear. And Kathy was our first interview for Lakeshore. Yep. Kathy's interview was really good. It was. Honestly, I got some feedback on this. And I imagine you did, too. I love talking about Jackson. Yeah. I, Folks in Jackson like us talking about Jackson. I have learned that. That's right. I especially liked to finally and forever memorialize my George Harrison story. So that lives in the world Man, forever, right? You, 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 you've been around a beetle. That's a hard one to tell. And then honestly, Eddie, I love Eddie. And I thought he was Killer. Church, church loved it, but oh, but they were not surprised. Uh, Eddie, that's Eddie. I mean, you know, he didn't he didn't have to contrive anything for us on the podcast. No, he he was not performing. That was Eddie. No, and, was and you know, he's smart as hell, uh, but he's so introspective and thoughtful uh, at a depth that most people would never would never attain. And and for for Eddie, that's just. You know, he, he will already tell you he probably forgot three quarters of what he said, uh, which would be a shame because uh, what he said was good stuff. I was. Uh, however, he had not forgotten Grand Rapids, so clearly nope. left an impression. <laughs> I, and, you know, and I saw uh, Tim Carpenter the other day. He has not forgotten Grand Rapids either. <laughs> I heard, heard his version of the story at uh, David's Wake uh, and uh, – Tim had everybody in the same uh, arrangement around the table that Eddie did. So that is confirmed, uh, the seating arrangements. Uh, and, and Tim could also uh, confirm uh, their uneasiness during that <laughs> conversation. <laughs> oh, my Lord. As, as they say in the South, uh, I think there's going to be a fight. <laughs> or, or a scrap. A scrap, I don't, you know, really, I, it's just. We don't want to fight you, man. Yeah, I don't even. 
Yes. That, that's exactly what he said. That's, that's exactly what he said. That is exactly what he said. And nobody enjoyed hearing that story more than his boys did at the wake. They oh, I'm really so glad to know that. They got a charge out of that. I'm so glad to know that. I was thankful that we, <laughs> you know, not being able to go to the service because I was working, I, it was helpful for me to be able to process some of that with you since you have long been friends with him and were a part of the service. So it was helpful for me because I, you know, I love the guy. He drove me crazy and I love both things can be true. I was grateful for Adam. Uh, I thought for him to give us that amount of time, I was mindful of our efforts to try to get him to speak into his own life and his own experience. Um, You know, Adam leads at, such a particular way and at such a particular level, I would imagine. And, and he, he didn't owe us that no. level of personal insight. So I'm thankful he seemed to feel comfortable enough, particularly with you, to do that. He, I, was, he was very, very, he was a little bit, he was, he got pretty real with us. He did. And, and it was with him for the first time in our, discussions where as much as I appreciate his leadership in the church, I don't agree with everything that he said. Sure. And so I just sat there and thought, okay, I'm just going to let that go. I wasn't going to, and it didn't feel like we didn't need to have a debate. We didn't need to have an ambush uh, or anything like that. I don't, we're never going to do that here, but to follow him up with Tom, which was just a function of, I think I can get him. What do you think? And that worked out well. But I think that's an interesting point, counterpoint. Both of him are a part of the same church and both are approaching yeah. biblical ethics in, in a way that has integrity. Mm-hmm. And there's a perspective that of someone who's fairly new into it and for a guy who has been doing it now for 35 years or however long Adam's been at it. I thought that was just an interesting juxtaposition. And uh, so it was, it was helpful to, it was, it's, it's interesting. If y'all haven't heard those yet, listen to Adam Hamilton and Tom first. Yeah. So just fabulous, fabulous stuff. And then for this one, as we wind down, we're, we're going to take a, a little bit of time this summer and, create the framework for a season two. I think it makes sense for us to do these in 10 episode batches where we can look at where we are and try to keep things fresh. If we need to make some adjustments, we can, but there are some things that we want to talk about in a season two and some people that we want to talk to. Racism in the church needs to be one of those conversations. And we have a extraordinary resource to help us into that conversation. There are others that we will want to research as well. I will say every episode we ask, if you have something you want us to to talk about, holler at us. And we have an email address, something twosapod at gmail.com. And thus far, we have zero response. So I hope that means you just entrusting us to do what we feel led to do. And it's not a sign of utter indifference, but nonetheless, 
And if there's somebody you'd like us to try to get a hold of to uh, interview and have discussion with, we, uh, we'll do that too. We'll do our best. We, uh, between two of us, we have a fair amount of connection, so never know who might, we might be able to get. Scott, let's, let's take a minute and reflect upon the final session of the Memphis Annual Conference that was just adjourned okay. yesterday, right? Uh, Friday. Friday. Yeah. Time flies. Did you watch it all? I did. Okay. Tell me what's closing service at my church. Closing service was at your church. Our church. Yeah. At your church. And I offered you some commentary. Yes, you did. And I don't think I was wrong, but, um, no, what? the first thing I thought was, why did I turn this on? Because I was working and I, I got the email that it's live streaming. And I thought, well, shoot, I'll just turn it on and watch it. Because I surely didn't watch any of it last year. So You didn't miss much. I, I, well, apparently I got retired. So I guess that was a good thing. I voted. But, I didn't vote for you. Did you not? Mm-mm. Seriously. I voted, I voted in protest. So, um, you know, I already, I'm pretty persuaded as it is that the the life and the energy of the conference will really never move west of the Tennessee River going forward. Maybe we don't need to talk about the Memphis Annual Conference. Maybe we just need to cut that out altogether. But, I think that's probably wise. Okay. Well, thank, you. Some, thank you. Thank you, Gil, for some, overhearing. This, this will be for bitterness. the Patreon customers who want to know what we really for thought and to close uh, the, <laughs> the historical last session of the Memphis Conference after we're 188 not, years. We're not, we're, not, we're not bitter. Oh, my God. It's a podcast. Okay. It's a podcast. Well, suffice it to say, the preceding two and a half minutes of conversation about the Memphis Conference really went a whole lot longer than that. But standards and practices determined that we really needed to edit that quite a bit, which we did. However, if you'd like to hear the raw, unedited version of that conversation, an annual gift of $100,000 will make that possible. Thank you for supporting Something to Say. Well, uh, that was an interesting conversation uh, between two friends of almost 40 years, uh, along with an engineer who is walking a journey with us. Indeed. Gil, thank you for being our fearless leader and shepherd. I promise that I am not going to assume uh, engineering duties again. I place my complete trust in your capabilities and I am looking forward to what comes next. And honestly, you know, you are the producer. So if you've got some directives, give it. Uh, we're both, mm-hmm. we're both babes in this. So, but it appears, thankfully, that doing it this way is going to work well. Are, are you doing others like this as well? We do. Yeah. We do have a few shows that um, <clears throat> I've helped set up and we're, you know, doing it you know on on you know zoom and zencaster and all these different uh platforms and yet yeah, seems to be working and you know i enjoy it myself because as you know i said i live down in southwest florida now and it is a way that i can keep connected with uh my friends back in uh back up north which someone said to me the other day they asked me what things were like up north and i, I blew my mind that anyone would ever consider Memphis North, but 
for someone, I guess, who's lived in Southwest Florida their entire life. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed being on this journey with y'all getting to know sky, um, getting to reconnect with you, Johnny and, uh, you know, moving forward, you know, engage. Indeed. Friends, this closes season one of something to say, look for us sometime August, perhaps as late as maybe September. We'll see. We're going to put several together and we'll be back. Continue to show your support for us any way you can. Let us know if you have episode ideas because we are now crafting season two. Know that we're grateful for your loyalty to this podcast. I'm really rather overwhelmed by the number of subscribers that we have, and I'm grateful for that. Let us hear from you. This works only when we're in conversation with each other and with you. Mm -hmm. So until season two... We'll talk to you next time on Something to Say. Peace. Something to Say is an OAM Network podcast. Hosted by Johnny and Sky. Produced by Gil Worth. Logo and designed by the OAM Network. Available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and theoamnetwork.com. Music courtesy of the Traveling Cokesberries. The OAM Network is an independently run podcast and live production company in Memphis, Tennessee. TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast.